0: Chattanooga features several sites with connection to the name Ross. There's the Ross's landing area on the riverfront downtown, the community of Rossville right across the state line, and the John Ross home located there, just to name three. The connection is a man named John Ross, also known as Chief John Ross, longtime principal leader of the Cherokee Nation of Native Americans, and leader of that nation during the Trail of Tears forced relocation. But Chief John Ross was not your stereotypical Hollywood-style Indian chief. He was a man of many hats and the founder of Chattanooga. That's next on this edition of Chattanooga Sidetracks from Classic Country Q97399.3. Chattanooga Sidetracks with Dale Mitchell, looking at the places, people, and things that make the Chattanooga area so unique and special. Stick around as we get ready to travel another Chattanooga sidetrack with classic country Q973-993. John Ross was born October 3rd, 1790 in the area that is now Turkey Town, Alabama. His name in Cherokee was Cooey Escoey, which meant mysterious little white bird. Ross's Scottish father, Daniel, had gone to live among the Cherokee during the American Revolution, and his mother was of Scots cherokee descent, being one-fourth Cherokee. At that time, among that line of Cherokee, any child born to a mother of any degree of Cherokee descent was considered a Cherokee and a member of the mother's clan. Today, he would be considered one-eighth Cherokee. Because of his heritage, his parents raised him bilingual and bicultural. While John was still very young, Daniel Ross moved the family to an area at the foot of Lookout Mountain, into a home built by his father in that area that is now Rossville, and he opened a store on Chattanooga Creek. Wanting to ensure a good education for his seven children, Daniel Ross built a small school and hired a teacher. John Ross received his early education there, before going on to attend schools in Kingston and Maryville that served other mixed-race Cherokee. After finishing school, John Ross, then only 19, was sent by U.S. Indian agent, Return J. Meggs on a mission to the western Cherokee of Arkansas in 1809. Ross's quiet reserved manner inspired the trust of both the Indians and the white settlers, and the mission was successful. After displaying excellent diplomatic skills, he was sent on another mission and was later appointed an Indian agent in 1811. During the War of 1812, Ross served as an adjutant with the Cherokee Regiment. The Cherokee fought alongside U.S. soldiers, but were not considered true Americans. From 1813 to 1814, Ross fought in the Creek War with General Andrew Jackson and 1,000 other Cherokee, and reached the rank of lieutenant. The Creek Indian fighters were allied with British forces, and were finally defeated at the Battle of Horseshoe Bend on the Tallapoosa River in what is now Alabama. Ross fought in the battle against the Creek and British that brought an end to the Creek War. After returning home to the land at the foot of Lookout Mountain, Ross began a tobacco plantation on 170 acres of Tennessee land. In 1815, John Ross and partner Timothy Meggs opened a warehouse and trading post on the Tennessee Riverfront that became known as Ross's Landing. He also used a ferry to carry passengers from the Cherokee territory on the south side of the river to the northern bank of the river, which was part of the United States. His business ventures made him among the wealthiest men in the Cherokee Nation. Ross's landing would go on to be renamed Chattanooga 20 years or so later. At the same time, Ross was developing a serious interest in Cherokee politics, which did not go unnoticed by the elders of the Cherokee Nation. They became his mentors in the political ways of the nation, and the elders recognized the need for educated, English-speaking leaders who could better deal with the United States as relations between the Cherokee and the new country were becoming more complex. In 1817, Ross moved to Georgia as a chosen member of the Cherokee Nation Council. In 1819, he was elected president of the National Cherokee Committee. He served in that position until 1826. While serving as committee president, Ross helped establish a Cherokee Nation capital at New Dakota near what is now present day Rome, Georgia. That happened in 1826. In 1827, Ross became assistant chief of the Eastern Cherokee and helped draft the Cherokee Constitution, which was modeled after the U.S. Constitution and included a Senate and House of Representatives. The following year, he was elected principal chief of the Cherokee Nation and would serve in that capacity for the rest of his life. In spite of his great success in business and diplomacy, Chief Ross would spend the rest of his life trying to prevent one of the most tragic and sordid episodes of American history. As more white settlers moved into northern Georgia looking to displace the Cherokee people from their lands, Ross fought them with diplomacy, not weapons. He worked against the removal attempts through the courts and the press, looking to garner public support against the movement. When gold was discovered in White County, Georgia, in 1828, the pressure to remove the Cherokee from their land grew even more intense. The Georgia legislature outlawed the Cherokee government and confiscated their lands. When the tribe sought federal protection, they were rejected. Chief Ross and Cherokee leaders won several court rulings in their defense. But in spite of their legal standing, President Andrew Jackson, who had fought with Ross in the Creek War, signed the Indian Removal Act of 1830. As Chief Ross and the majority of the Cherokee people adamantly opposed the removal and fought against its enforcement through 1832, a small group of the tribes sought to gain more agreeable terms of removal from the federal government. Chief Ross and his group representing the majority also sent a delegation to Washington in opposition to the actions of the so-called Treaty Party. In the end, The Treaty Party agreed to a treaty that would give the tribe $5,700,000 for their lands and to move to new lands in Indian Territory, which is now Oklahoma. Although being supported by less than 10% of the tribe, Congress ratified the treaty in May of 1836. Chief Ross and the Cherokee National Committee maintained that the treaty was fraudulent, and presented a petition with over 15,000 Cherokee signatures to Congress in the spring of 1838, opposing the treaty. Many white settlers also questioned the legality of the treaty, but the federal government refused to rescind the measure. Shortly thereafter, the Cherokee were forced at gunpoint by U.S. Army officials to begin the move to the Indian Territory, along a 2,200-mile journey that became known as the Trail of Tears. One of the two routes taken went through Chattanooga. Along the journey, many Cherokee lives were lost due to illness, cold, exhaustion, and bad road conditions. Although the federal government claimed only 424 fatalities on the trail, more reliable estimates of between 4,000 and 800 deaths occurred. Among those who died was Chief Ross's wife, Quady. Once the tribe was relocated to present-day Oklahoma, John Ross was re-elected Principal Chief of the tribe as the tribe began adapting to their new home. During the Civil War, the Cherokee allied with the Confederacy, which repudiated any treaties signed with the U.S. federal government. At the end of the war, Chief Ross attended the Grand Council of Southern Indians in Fort Smith, Arkansas, in September of 1865. At the council, new treaties between the Cherokee and the federal government were negotiated and prepared. Although his health was failing, Ross joined a delegation to Washington, D.C. in April of 1866, where the treaties were signed on July 19th. Shortly after that, Chief Ross's health deteriorated further, and he remained bedridden at his Washington hotel, where he died on August 1st, 1866, at the age of 75. Chief John Ross, a great American, and the man who put Chattanooga on the map. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Chattanooga Sidetracks. Be sure to subscribe to Chattanooga Sidetracks on your favorite podcast player or service. And make sure to join us again soon when we take another trip down Chattanooga Sidetracks, a production of Classic Country, Q973-993.